Welcome to the Attorney Marketing Institute podcast. This is the podcast where you learn simple but effective ways to grow your law practice in just one hour a week. That's right. This is not your grandfather's podcast, and we're not talking about your grandfather's marketing. We're talking about 21st century law firm marketing. Let's do it. Hey everybody, this is Nick Pavlidis and thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Attorney Marketing Institute podcast. I am psyched to finally be back behind the mic again. I have some episodes that I've been recording I got to finalize to get up live for you to talk about some really cool topics like conferences and and some other things. And conferences is on my mind because I've been recording the content for the Attorney Marketing Institute Academy course for conferences, how to crush conferences, how to do the little things to make conferences a wise investment. And that might mean going to less conferences. If you're a conference junkie, there are so many people. In fact, conferences have gotten a bad name because they are, it's hard to measure the ROI for a number of reasons. So you know what? I decided to get on the mic today and dig into conferences a little bit and give you some things to think about some of the key nuggets from my course materials that's at the Academy or will be at the Academy. So you can start thinking about conferences and trade shows and really sort of bigger events, multi-day events, not just like a networking or like a full day event, not just networking type of things. That's a couple hours here or there, like a networking event or something like that. But the, the bigger time commitments, because time is such a big factor for lawyers. It's the one thing, especially those of us who bill by the hour. That's what I was doing. I was billing by the hour when I was at the law firm in New York, everything. If I went to something that was five hours, it was $3,000 worth of time that I was dedicating to that event. So I needed to get at least a $3,000 return on my time if the alternative was billing those hours in order to make it just worthwhile from a time perspective. Never mind if it cost me five grand to get in or two grand to get in or there was travel involved. It is a big expense to go to a conference. Now, the other thing, the other side of the equation is that conferences, if you're a lawyer, especially if you are a high dollar billing lawyer or you're, uh, you're a B2B or you, your average case, your life, the lifetime value of a client relationship is hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. It only takes one to make your money back for the most part. So how do you make sure that you're going there with enough leads so that in enough time and not five years from now, not prayer. This is like a real legitimate idea. You have the vision of how that conference can lead to at least one client or however many clients you would need to get your return on time and money invested there. So I'm going to talk about that today. Just briefly give you these things to think about. Remember, everything is underneath the same umbrella. And that's the one thing that sort of filter. If you've listened to the episodes about how to find the three people to grow your law practice, we're going to talk about that within all of our contexts, because I am telling you, you can get your marketing down to less than an hour a week on an average week. If you focus on those three people, we got courses. I'm putting courses up there because people have asked, all right, give me some exercises to get these prospects. The three people, if you go back to episode number five, the three people you need to grow your law practice, these three people, prospects, influencers, gatekeepers, who are they? Where do I find them? And how do I build relationships with them? Right? So we're going to have simple courses in the academy, prospects, 
Who who are they? Who are they for you? We've talked a little bit about that in the episode. We're going to dive deep and give you some exercises to do that. Where can I find them? It depends on who your prospects are. So we're going to give you some ideas on how you can find your prospects. And then finally, how can you build relationships with them? What do each of these three people want and need? And then how you can look at it that way, how you can look at each of these groups of people so you can be the one who's seen as the go-to person because you're reliable, you get them what they want, you understand them, and all that stuff's you're helpful. You make their lives easier. So Anyhow, those are stuff that I'm excited about putting up on the Academy. If you haven't joined yet, you can use the code podcast to get 50% off. It's Well, it's a little more than 50% off. Um, the current rate is $4.97 a month. If you subscribe, you get access to everything, including the, the guided meditations by Wendy, which are just incredible, and the desk stretch and the video there. We got the goals course up there now. We got the uh, social media, which I'm adding. The social media is changing, which is awesome because it's exciting for me. And I know I'm geeking out about this stuff, but adding some more videos to that and we're going to expand it and see even these courses aren't really static. So we're going to be adding as things change. And then we're adding the conferences course, which is based on the principles that I'm talking about here. We're talking about networking. I got some really cool partners who are going to do courses for me there. Uh, there's a uh, one of my public speaking mentors. He's going to do a public speaking course, presentation, public speaking for lawyers. If you want to get speaking engagements, if you want to communicate clearly, that's going to be up there later this year. We've got web design for lawyers. So how do you get your website professional looking? and conversion focused. Uh, he and I are talking this way. So I'm reaching out to my friends who are, who help me and who serve my, my clients, who I refer people to when there's something that is, uh, that is just not my area of excitement. Um, so stuff that sometimes you can do, but just like with lawyers, you can do everything. But if you take everything that walks through the door, it's a recipe for mediocrity. So I like to focus. I like to focus on the guidance, these uh, the stuff that you see up on um, on social media, coming to law firms and training people on how to look at things and how to find your prospects, how to look for your influencers and gatekeepers, and then the social media stuff. That's the stuff I geek out about. So anyhow, so if you haven't joined yet, you can still use the code podcast and get 50% off. As soon as we get to 100 people in there, that is going away. Uh, we're going to do some promotions perhaps from time to time, but the early adopters, the ones who say, wow, there's two courses plus up there now, and it's exciting, it's cool, and it's never going to get less valuable than this because it's only going to be added. You're locked in at that rate. If you it's 497, you use that code podcast, you get tons of 247 a month. And as long as you're there, even when we add these new courses at all my courses, my, my guest courses, that's your rate forever. As long as you don't leave and come back, if you leave and come back, whatever it is at the time, you, that's, that's what you get in on. But anyhow, so if you do want to join it, go for it, go over there no pressure. You can do a lot of this stuff yourself. What people pay me for, and I tell people it's like the worst salesperson in the history. People don't pay me for information because I share it all. I share it all here uh, as much as I can for each format. I'll share a bunch here on the podcast. I share on social media. If you follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn, um, those are my two favorite places. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but my two favorite places to engage with people are Twitter and LinkedIn, which are people, it's, it's great because when I say that people are like, those are my two least favorite places. I love it. I love Twitter. And I love LinkedIn. And we'll talk, perhaps I'll do an episode on each uh, each social media channel, why I like it, what you can do with it, when's it relevant to you and stuff like that. And then I'll have some guests come on and, and, and share their expertise with us like we did with Wendy. So we're going to talk a little bit about conferences. So conferences are so, so important to meeting people. What I love about conferences overall are that whoever is going to conferences has two things that make them a great person to connect with. Sometimes it's three, but really it's two. And the third one is a subset there. Number one, they're investing time and money into 
doing something with networking into doing something to get information, to get, they're, they're investing, they're getting out of their desk. They're not people that you're going to meet who are, you're forcing them to connect with you. They are there and they put their money and their time either because, and this is where the third one comes in. And really the third one underlies both of them. They're putting their money and time where their mouth is because they are either told to, or they want to either way. That's a good thing for uh, for you when you go there as well, because when they go back to their office, if they either are told to or want to, when they go back to their office and say, hey, I met this marketing guy, this guy geeks out over this stuff. We we just don't get social here or we're not doing it. We, we It's not worth our time to spend 10, 20 hours a month trying to figure out social and trying to figure out what to post and how to post. We got this guy, if we just build four of those hours, then we can make money off of whatever. So if we just, we could have 15 hours to ourselves and five hours of extra billing and then have, uh, and then, you know, make the social media stuff, solve our social media problems or whatever it is. They go back and say, Hey, we had this conversation, their boss, if they're forced to, you know, the, the, the marketing manager or the, the team leader or practice leader or something like that. It'd be great. Fantastic. Let's talk. You went there and you came back with something that'll move our, uh, our firm forward. If they're, if they want to go, then they get excited about this stuff. So they come back and they're out there trying to find people to help them or they're trying to find information. Now, I don't like the information at conferences. That's not a, that's not a, a, a negative thing about the speakers. I speak at conferences. I haven't in a little while because I've been focusing on, on building the businesses stuff, but my, most of my speaking has been at firms or, or marketing or like the New York City Bar Association or something like that. But. The I speak at conferences. I like speaking at conferences, but you are very limited as a speaker in what you can share with conference audiences because it's such a broad audience. Someone could come in and it's their first day in the law. And then there's someone else who's a marketing specialist. So if I go into a conference, I can't give too too much detail about what I'm doing. A lot of the 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 step by steps I can give just broad 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 strokes to what I'm teaching because I got to make sure as many people in the room get value out of it as possible. So when I go to speak, I, I figure out what the audience, who the audience is. If they're all marketing people, that's one thing. It, even if, But there's even within that range, they're either newbies or they're experts or they're somewhere in between, or they're all lawyers. And if I start talking about Facebook pixels to lawyers, their eyes glaze over and they get no value of it. But if instead I say, there's a code that Facebook can give you that you just copy and paste onto your website on the back end, like you were to put up a blog post, no one sees it, but it helps your website communicate with Facebook. So you can show ads to people who visit your website. That's e that's for a more sophisticated audience. But what if I just said, Facebook allows you to show ads to people who visit your website, then they don't need to know all that how. So if I say that, at an event, that is as much detail as I can really go into at a conference. But if you come to my course, I can say, hey, Facebook's here. Here's how you get the pixel, whatever you go that way. So conference content is okay. It gives you some good ideas. It shares stories, success stories, and then you need to do that follow-up. So I don't go to conferences for the content. It's too broad and you got a short period of time. If you got 45 minutes, there's only so much you can go into. You can cover one thing really deep or you can give two or three things really broad scopes. So the content, if you're if you're trying to get the latest trends in an industry, you're better off like not going to the conference for that. When I go to conferences, I do one, maybe two um, 
one or two sessions, but the rest of the time is I'm there to meet people, to be helpful. And how do you do that? So we're going to talk about that um, real quick here. So the first step, however, in going to a conference, to making your conference worthwhile is to first choose your conferences very, very wisely. There are two concepts to this. Number one is most people can, most people go to, or many people go to um, events that are all lawyers. It's the real estate law forum, or it's the this law, that um, conference or the trade show or meeting or whatever. That's okay. It's totally okay, but it's not high uh, leverage. You're not meeting a lot of prospects there. You're not meeting you might be meeting some influencers if the lawyers have podcasts or whatever, but it's really coincidental. Um, and influencers, if you remember, those are people who share content to your audience. And if you haven't um, listened to episode number five, those are people who share content. So the podcasters, the the bloggers, the writers, and things like that, the journalists, and then gatekeepers. You might there might be gatekeepers there, um, although if it's by practice group. You're really only looking to get, you're probably only going to get involved if they're, if they need conflicts counsel or some specialist or something like that. So it's really not, it's more just getting to know people in your industry, hoping or maybe building relationships. So if they move jobs, they become more of a referral source. Or if they go in-house, they might be, become a prospect or something like that. Um, but even then, many times they have other relationships, existing relationships at the company or give business back to their law firm they're even placed in. So it's not really a high, high impact type event. So I encourage people to start with everything, with social, with networking, with everything, and conferences with the PIG, P-I-G. Remember that acronym that I hate, but it's memorable. So um, so I reluctantly use it, P, prospects, I, influencers, G, gatekeepers, the PIGs. You get the PIGs, you get the bacon. So P, where are your prospects gathering in groups to confer with each other, right? To conference together. Now, where, what conferences, what trade shows, where are your prospects going to be? So if your litigation defense, you know, maybe if you're commercial litigation, it can be any conference, but that is not how I want you to market. I want you to look for industries that are more actively involved in uh, litigation that are uh, exciting to you and that have budgets, the companies, the conferences where the people are, have budgets high enough to, to sort of match or low enough to match what your rates, what your unique position is. So if you, there, there are some people, and I always use this example where People hire lawyers, especially when they don't know them. People hire lawyers for self-preservation. In-house counsel hire lawyers to preserve their job. They have duties to the company and they care about them. But at the same time, they want to preserve their job. So if it's a bet the company case and it's a $500 million or billion dollar company or whatever, there's no way someone's going to hire some mid, even a mid-level, even a pretty big law firm for that. They're going to hire a top 10 firm. They're going to hire Skadden. They're going to hire some big company to do that because if things go wrong, at least they can look at their boss and say, what do you want me to do? I hired Skadden. So know the type of stuff you're going at, going for, know the type of clients you're going for. What do they need to believe that is actually true about you that helps them preserve their job? So these are your process. So look for the conferences. First, you, the first thing you got to do is figure out who your, who your ideal prospects are. That's episode five. That's stuff 
in the academy later on, but very briefly, I just want to recap a little bit. So who are your prospects, your ideal prospects? Then where do they gather? So look for conferences or trade shows in that industry. Then go to, um, you know, take notes where they are. If there are some that you can, many times you could go, now remember time is a consideration too. So you lose a day of travel on one end or another. Look for, if you can find local events, even better. I would rather you go to two one day local events than one travel event You'd spend more on conference ticket, but you spend less on travel and time and stuff like that. So look for these events where your prospects are going to be at. Next, influencers. If your prospects are there, influencers are likely going to be there too, but you could go to blogger conferences. It might be financial industry bloggers conferences. FinCon is a conference where it's personal personal finance and finance industry things, things like that. Um, there's pod, There are podcasting events. Uh, there's... Um, um, a few pot there. I mean, there, there are local events and then there's, there are more than, um, you know, there are more than one national type events. So if you could go there to meet podcasters and get interviews on the podcast. So when you leave, you're left with, Hey, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. You can get a great mic for 70 bucks on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's called the ATR 2100. If you have any questions about it, just email me, Nick at attorney marketing institute.com. It slide, it just pops right through USB. You just plug it into your computer, comes with a little stand and you'll sound like a million bucks. It's not the one I'm using on this episode, but I've used it for other episodes. I have those and I have, I have this other one here. It's like a hundred dollars or $200 or something like that. It's a little bit fancier of a mic, but if you have listened to my episodes and you, um, and you like the sound of them all, you can sound just like that, whatever it is. It's, I mean, it's a, the ATR is a great mic. So ATR 2100. All right, so you can leave by, you can go to places where you just want to hang out with influencers. So you hang out with influencers, you find out where they hang out. If you can find industry specific uh, events, great. If you find where your prospects are, speakers are likely going to be influencers or industry people. And then finally, gatekeepers. And that, again, you might find it by industry. So I encourage people to look, say, okay, who is going to be at this conference? Are people here and the presenters, gatekeepers, you, if you walk around the, um, you walk around the networking room or the, you know, where all the tables are, that's where you find a lot of gatekeepers. These are people who are looking to try to sell to your prospects. So the best part about being a lawyer at an industry show compared to at a law show or a law conference is that you're one of, I don't know, a few, maybe 5% of the people there are lawyers. You're one of a few and 95% of the people are influencers, gatekeepers, or prospects. Even if it's 20%, you're one of few and you can separate yourself by communicating with your uh, the different kind of elevator pitch. Remember, episode six is how you communicate effectively to prospects, influencers, gatekeepers to show them the value you add to them and stand out and not just say, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a labor lawyer. No one cares if you're a labor lawyer, but I help companies save money by optimizing their employee retention program. Labor law can do that, right? So whatever you do, whatever you want to focus, I help companies manage their workforce, or I help companies onboard new employees in such a way that they're ready to go on day one, or whatever you do, I don't know, that you can focus on what value you provide. You have your great elevator pitch. You 
will stand out. So I want you to be at events where your prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers are. So that's step one, find the right event. Make a list of them. You won't be able to go to all of them. I encourage you to go to at least one, if not two a year. Um, You go to one, if not two a year. And then, so now you have what you are going to do or which ones you're going to go to. Step two is you prepare for the follow-up before you go. So we'll talk about this value-driven content type marketing. We've talked about it a little bit in other episodes. We'll talk about it again. But um, very briefly, make your follow-up really easy. If you're producing content, if you are, um, if you have your marketing part of an integrated plan, then your follow-up is easy. Always have something to send people when you leave. So for example, your prospects, if you are a criminal lawyer, if you have a little checklist, 11 things you can do before hiring a criminal lawyer, you can send that to gatekeepers and say, so other CPAs or whoever it is, whoever's there looking to uh, be involved in the criminal law world, you can network with them and say, hey, for your clients, the people you're meeting, I have this guide, I'm going to send it to you. And it's something that they can use freely. It's going to point to hiring you. It's branded for me. Uh, it's uh, So it's it's a way to share content. Say, here, here's that guide I was telling you about. If you are, I mean, and criminal law is not a great conference. You're not going to find a lot of prospects <laughs> at conferences, like straight defense uh, prospects, like DUIs or whatever. But um but if you are a, if you want to do real estate law for uh, a particular industry, for the restaurant industry or something like that, you can go to trade shows in the restaurant industry, hospitality trade shows and stuff like that. And you can find people there and say, hey, I got five things to do when scouting, um, when scouting for real estate for your next restaurant that can help save you thousands of dollars per month because it's just things to negotiate. It's whatever negotiation points or whatever. Some of them may feel that they know this stuff, but say, but when a lawyer says, I got this guide, this checklist, and you can send it to them, it gives you, an, and they will say, great, thanks. You'll get their business card, and it gives you a simple way to follow up afterwards. Hey, it was nice talking to you. Here's that guide I promised. Let's grab coffee. Or I'd love to uh, come in sometime when you're there, and we can chat. Uh, grab uh, uh, grab lunch for me and my friends, and I'd love to say hi, or something like that. It's a simple way to make you not sit there at the computer typing and deleting and typing and deleting and trying to figure out what to say to this person to continue the conversation. No, you have something ready. So what is your follow-up going to be for a prospect, for an influence, influencer, for a gatekeeper? So an influencer might be, you want, you just remember, we have a, a blog for this. I'd love to, ha- I'd be happy to host you, host a guest blog post on our attorney uh, on our website for you to write a post about what you're talking about or but whatever to share one of your posts or or do you mind if I quote you um, on one of our blog posts so have this list of things so what are these follow-up things that you can do what do your prospects want they want ease they want checklists they want some sort of a value they want forms they want stuff like that so what can you prepare once? And this is going to be on your social channels. This isn't just for this conference, but if you haven't made it yet, prepare it for the conference and you're going to use it other places. What do your prospects want? What do they Google to find an answer to their problems? If it is an estate planning attorney, they might Google, when do I need a will? Or what do I need to know before uh, making a will or something like that? What is it for your specific thing? And you know, there are some keywords that can be helpful, but if someone's Googling it, that means they want to know it. So you can just start searching. Um, you could 
reach out, do some keyword research. There are some things that are a little more technical than what we can do on a podcast, but you could even just think of it. What are the questions that your clients ask you when they first come in? Next time you have an onboarding, next time you have one of those consultations, when someone comes in, write down their questions when they're asking them. That's great content for you. And you can use those to say, to answer frequently asked questions and you can offer that on social and you can have it if you're there at a conference as a free sort of checklist. So your intake forms could be checklists, all that stuff. It gets you better prepared clients. It gets you, uh, it gets you active when someone Googles the the stuff and you have your free guide on your website. All they got to do is enter their email address. These are things you can use as follow-up at conferences. And then what do your gatekeepers want? So if your gatekeepers are CPAs and you are a, a corporate lawyer and you can create a checklist of legal considerations when forming a company or something like that. You know, five questions to ask yourself to determine the right entity for you. And you can share it with them. You can offer a gatekeeper, say, hey, I got these five, uh, I got these five uh, steps to, to five questions to ask yourself before forming a legal entity. I know as a CPA, it's important from a tax perspective to consider these things. I'd ha- be happy to give it to you. So that way you can use these things where you can share it with your clients. You can share all your, your the stuff with you or whatever. And I can help you be helpful to your clients. Guess where the formation is going to happen. It's going to come to you. So these sort of things, what's your follow-up going to be? So you you just have a quick conversation with them. You talk and, and you find out what they're talking about and say, you know, I got something that might be useful for you. Um, I can email it to you. Let me see your card. I can email it to you. Great. That's an invitation. They say, great. Thanks. That's an invitation to follow up. And guess what? This person is there. And I talked earlier about they're either, they have to be there. They're investing time and money in going to these things, either because they're forced to or they want to. But the second thing, the second thing that that is great about trade conferences and going to conferences, not only are they investing time and money, they're there for two things. Number one, many people are there for content. That's unfortunate because you can get, the second you leave, the content's old. So you can get the content online, but it's good there to give you an outline, give you ideas, give you inspiration and give you um, sort of things to follow up on from a content perspective. You're probably going to walk away with a handful of takeaways, but you can get your takeaways other than you get ideas for how to find information online from a conference. The content itself might be good, but again, it's limited. Remember, so The second thing they want is they want to get a return on their investment. Very rarely do they get a return on the investment from that time. They want to leave with follow-up. People are terrible at follow-up. If you make it easier for you and them, you're going to be the name they think of. They're going to go back to their office and they're going to say, I got three people to follow up with. There's just one lawyer who has this great checklist for us um, or whatever it is, but you will be their return on investment. You're going to be their success story by being there, being helpful, being genuine and helping them, helping make networking easy. So how do you do this? So first step, finding the right conference. Second step, getting your follow-up in order before you head there. Um, Third step, planning on who to go with. So I encourage people to go to conferences in groups. This is not always possible. Um, it might be groups inside your office, it might be you and a few colleagues from other places, but I, if you can, I encourage you to go with at least four people. There are conferences that I go to with 15 plus people because they're great conferences. We're collaborative, we're friends, we're in mastermind groups together, we're uh, you know clients of each other's and stuff like that. We're colleagues, we're referral partners, all these things. 
find people whose prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers will be at this conference. They could be a couple people in your firm, could be friends from law school. Great. It's it's great reunion opportunity. You go out to dinner at night or whatever. Uh, even if, if someone's from your law school in Chicago and they're doing litigation and you're in New York doing litigation and someone else is in Boston doing litigation, you can help each other in your respective towns or different types of law. Or even if you're doing types of law, you can help each other grow together and get together, connect, meet, reconnect, all that stuff. If you find a conference that works for all of you. So why do I say groups of four? Because when you're walking, so this is what you do while you're at the conference. So we talked about how to find the conference, how to plan for the conference, and then go into the conference. When you're at the conference, I encourage people to go in groups of four. So part of it is part of the pre-conference stuff is finding that, um, Finding the conferences where three other people will go to. And this is a great way to limit the conferences. You find ones that are great for everybody, laser focused, and you find three. If you have to go by yourself, it's fine. You can do all this stuff by yourself. It's just a little harder, especially for introverts. But so for when you go with three other people, it's really helpful with introverts because you split up in groups of two during the conference and you all just sort of do your thing. And then you could switch up and everything like that. And you enjoy your lunches and your dinners and stuff like that, uh, together and with other people that you'll meet there and stuff like that. But walk around in groups of two, meet people. You guys will know each other and how you, what you, the people you want to meet or who's a good, uh, really good lead for you versus them. You have four giving people each in groups of two. You're selling each other. It's like having your own, your own networking, uh, assistant, your own sales team walking around the conference, the conference that I went to last year, I was sitting in the keynote because it was someone I really, really wanted to see. It was like the closing keynote. And I got a text message from someone I went with, Nick, run out to the lobby, go to the second table from the keynote, the table right next to the door. There was like, it was like empty at this point. Everyone was in the keynote. Um, there's a guy there named Will who needs a book written. So my ghostwriter, that's perfect for my ghostwriting agency. And so I walked out, walked to the table. I said, are you Will? We had a great conversation and Will has a proposal in his hand right now for a big project. And it, I was just sitting in a keynote, but the, one of the people I went with, we're talking to people. So what are you doing to grow your business? Oh, we're looking for some content, blah, 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 blah. We'd love to write a book, but we don't really write well. Um, you know, we don't have the time for that. It's not we're a good investment of our time, but we have money. We could pay for it, whatever. I know who you need to meet. Let me text him right now. Guess what? He's got a proposal. We've been talking ever since. It's great. So when you go with other people, first of all, it's so much easier to sell someone else than it is yourself. It comes across better. It's like online reviews, which we'll talk about in a different episode, but it's so much easier to sell someone else so you can have people selling you and you can reconnect with people. You walk around, it makes it a more enjoyable thing. You walk, you talk to people, you sit down when you need to do work. Now, here's the key. A lot of lawyers can't unplug for an entire day. I get it. When you need to do work, when you need to check your email, I encourage you to do that in sessions. Don't do it at lunchtime. Don't do it before or after at dinner. Get rest. Do as much work as you can during the sessions. That will give you, you can look up every time the slide changes to figure out what they're talking about. It looks like you're taking notes. Um, and I don't mean to be rude, but it's, it's common to do it. It's okay. But you're looking to get 
the best return on investment. The best return on investment from a conference is the people. Your return is the people. I guess the people are your return. Your return is your relationships that you're going to start building with prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers by going. And when do you build those relationships? You don't build them during sessions because one person's talking and everyone else is sitting there either doing work or looking up. So do your work. Don't waste those marvelous marketing opportunities, the networking opportunities at lunchtime. When you're going in a group, sit together, invite people to come sit with you, talk about what they're doing, have those conversations, ask questions about what they're doing, make introductions, be a connector. That's another great follow-up technique. When you're listening to someone, if you have a heart attack, we'll do a whole, this will all be part of a follow-up episode later. So, um, and, and more, but um, a great follow-up is a connection. Who, When you're listening to someone, who do I know who I can introduce them to? That's a great opportunity to do follow-up. Make a connection, make an offer to people to people who are sitting with you, lunchtime, dinner time, you go with your friends who, who you brought there, your colleagues or whatever, invite other people to dinner, make their experience much better. Okay, so now you have th- th- the three things. You have which conferences you're gonna pick, what do you do before you get there to get your follow-up easier, who you're gonna go with, what you do when you're there, you go through, you walk through the networking, um, if there's a networking hall there or where all the, the vendors are displayed, you start talking to people, you ask people questions. The net, the vendors can be great people to network with. You can approach them and talk to them during the day, ask them who they're looking to meet, who's their ideal person to meet and let them know. Because they will, if you say, hey, who are you looking to meet? If I meet someone, I'd, you know, point, point them in the right direction. Oh, these are the types of people we're looking to meet. They will likely ask, who are you looking to meet? Uh, but if they don't, you could say, awesome, thanks. And and be legit and be, be real about that. If you meet someone, say, hey, this is vendor who seems to have something. I talked to them for a few minutes. Seems like a good person or whatever, whatever's accurate. And say, you might want to stop by their their booth. But then afterwards say, I'm looking to meet whoever you're looking to meet. So if someone comes up and thinks it might be a good connection, uh, I'd love for you to say, hey, to, uh, you know, pass, grab their business card and I'll come by and grab it too. We can maybe help each other find people we can serve better. Whatever it is, these vendors are a great resource for you. I know, I know you hate being sold to or getting on email lists or something like that, but they're great. So what do you do when you're there? Then what do you do when you leave afterwards. Before we get there, the business card. What do you do with the business card? What do you do with the people you meet? You always have a pen on you. Always have a pen where you can write something quickly on the back of a business card, a note, send this. You can even do it in front of them. Be like, I want to remember to send you this. Send this. That's great. Stick it in your pocket. If you have an assistant, you snap a picture of the business card, you send it, you text it to them and say, with a note and say, can you please put this in an Excel sheet? You can tell them before that this is what you're going to do. I love doing this. I do this with my assistant. I snap a picture. I send it to him. And she has, she puts a list of the name, the email address, the phone numbers, and then a note for me that or the firm name or whatever it is, um, uh, the company name, and then a note, send this or whatever. So then when you come home, you have a, an Excel sheet just there. It's your follow-up Excel sheet and you just go through, check one, two, three, four, five, six, seven off. So what do you do when you get home? You go to your Excel sheet, you go to your stack of business cards with the pens written on it. If you don't have time to send text messages, you can, you can do that, but you really, really should be able to, you can do that in the next session that you sit in, you send your emails, you send your information back, and then 
you just make that follow-up, make those connections. So that's it for today. I know that's a lot of information. Uh, if you want to join the Academy, this is the, the checklists and how to's and even the, even an Excel file to make your life easier. I'll upload my follow-up Excel file for members of the Academy to be able to download. So that way they can just, it's just name company, contact information and notes, but make it super easy. You can give it to your assistant or you can even uh, do it yourself when you get back to the hotel or something like that. So find the right conferences, go with the right people, make your follow-up easy. When you're there, you're going to have to work. I get it. Work in sessions as much as possible or after the event, leave those prime event hours for networking. Network at the networking tables. Go with a group of people who are going to sell each other. Meet the vendors. Tell them who you're looking to meet. Check back in with them later in the day. Get your text, text your notes to your assistant or put them yourself into a an Excel file. And then when you get home, just follow through. Boom, 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 boom. And the best follow through, you just write that email. Here's what you promise. Let's grab coffee. Or here's what you promise. Let's grab coffee. What's uh, are you busy next week? Make it super simple. You don't need anything profound. Just make a simple promise that's valuable to them and follow through. So that's it for today. Thank you again for being here for this episode. I love this topic. I love conferences. I'm traveling now for a little bit, so I'm going to come back probably in a couple weeks with another episode. So make sure you click subscribe so you know. The only times you're not going to get an episode is when we're completely swamped with client work. We do social media management, book writing. Book writing's huge right now, so that's been pretty exciting. And um, articles and things like that. So when we're doing client work, that's number one, but I do want to share as much with you to help you move your practice forward without having to hire an expert or anything like that by just getting that sense. If you know who your prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers are, and you know what's important to them, and you keep it simple, you can, you can set yourself up for one hour a week. You really can to make progress and serve your clients well, and then just ask them at the end of your representations or even during the representations, hey, I really enjoy working with you. Who else do you know who... Um, who I might need to meet in order to have more relationships like this. You mind making an introduction? I want you to have a much better practice. I want you to focus on just one or two or three simple things that you can do so you're not spending all your waking hours on your law firm. Make your life better. Set those boundaries. Be home. Have some dinner with the people who call you dad or mom. <laughs> you know, all of those things are so important. I want that for you. So check it out if you want a lot of free information. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Pavli. Is follow, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can get all of those links at attorneymarketinginstitute.com. Email me, nick at attorneymarketinginstitute.com. If you have a question you want me to chat about on the show, they're not all going to be these big topics where I say how to do this or how to do that, but it's going to be little topics. I'd love to do some Q&As. If you have some Qs, I'll give you some A's. So go to attorneymarketinginstitute.com. You can see everything there. We'll see you next time.